Welcome to episode 61 of Two Larrys and a Mike. I'm Larry Dowdy. Larry Bly over here at this microphone. And Mike, and Mike is where uh, at his microphone. Mike, Mike. Is, uh, oh, well, Mike has uh, another new venture, uh, probably destined for failure. Okay. He started Mike's Frog Legs Farm, <laughs> selling the finest, fattest, juiciest frog legs to French restaurants all over. Of course, we have so many French restaurants well, here. Well, <laughs> yeah. Only problem is that once he sells the legs, he doesn't know what to do with the rest of the frog. <laughs> Frankly, I don't even want to think about all those frogs going around with little prosthetic legs. I yeah. Just think so last just time Mike was working on Christmas trees, growing Christmas trees, was this a spinoff of the Christmas tree thing? Could, where, could be. You know, he had downtime. No, and... I just found a sound effect. <laughs> oh, <that>. okay. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. But it was an opportunity that presented itself, and he felt he just had to hop on it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess we could have done without that line, couldn't we? Well, how could, you know, I, how been, could I have taken that from you? I've been sick. <laughs> well, sick. I hope you're feeling better. I am. In fact, or today... Or maybe it's that early spring thing. Look what I got today. Oh. Speaking of spring, I've got me peeps, marshmallow peeps, mm. and you notice that they are purple. I so so if I eat these, would I be a purple peeps people, eater? You'd be a purple peep. peep. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole line of them later on today. I don't even detach them from each other. I just <laughs> open it up and they just go down my gullet one at a time. What was, I was at the grocery store yesterday. I took a picture of this and I'm a, I'm a hummus fan. Okay. Oh, well, you uh, know what? I wish I'd have known that. I make fabulous hummus. Oh, now you tell me. And nobody ever eats it. So I stopped yeah, making it for parties. Yeah. Well, n- next time you invite me to a party. I'll make you a big uh, old bowl. Please do. But don't do this. <laughs> This, okay. Oh, what, uh, what? The grocery store had chocolate hummus. Oh, no, that's a terrible idea. Well, I thought it was oh, too. I didn't buy it. No. But so you, uh, the, yeah. and the stuff normally that they sell at the store is pretty good. There's a couple yeah, of brands yeah. that really good. Oh, I make it with the, the garbanzo beans yeah. and uh, tahini, yeah. a little bit of tahini, and uh, lots of garlic. Throw lots of garlic to it. Mm-hmm. You can't have a conversation up close with somebody after you eat my hummus. I tell you that. Then I get my pita points and I put those in the oven and I bake those. It's a big production. Did this podcast turn into Cooking Cheap 2.0? I think it just did. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about the greatest baselines today. All right. So mm-hmm. that, that's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to all that. Mm-hmm. Oh, should I also thank our podcast listeners because we are now up to 8,000 listens. Oh, my gosh. Since our creation of this podcast. That's a little scary, to be honest with it you. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> All those people with nothing better to do. And I'm sorry for those who have listened to every episode, and, and, and we put you through this craziness, but we do appreciate you listening. Is it time for birthdays? It's time for birthdays. Hit it. All right. Happy birthday wishes to singer-keyboardist Rose Stone of Sly and the Family Stone. 78, singer-guitarist Roger Hodson of Supertramp. Super yeah. 73, Russell Tompkins Jr. of those stylistics. I love those guys. 72, Chaka Khan turns 70 on the 23rd. Country singer Brett Young, love his stuff. 42, mm. Elton John. Turns 76. Catherine McPhee, 39. Saxophonist Steve Norman of Spandau Ballet, 
63. Diana Ross, 79. She's still, she's still touring, I saw the other day. She's actually Whoa. still touring. Rocker Steven Tyler. I love Steven Tyler. Mm-hmm. 75 of a... Of, 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 Aerosmith. Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I've been sick. Personality, Vicki Lawrence, 74. She only had one hit record, but boy, it was... What a great it a song it was. Yeah. Country yeah. singer, Kenny Chesney, turns 55. Mariah Carey, 54. Singer Fergie is 48. Big your pardon? Fergie. Fergie. Yeah. Who's Fergie? Formerly of the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fergie. She just has uh, one name? Uh, that's all she has to Fergie have. McGillicuddy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now you know why she had one name. Oh, well, yeah. And keyboardist Tony Banks of Genesis 73. Uh, Lady Gaga is uh-huh. 37. Lady Gaga says that she's going to stop using that name. What? She she's says just going to call herself Lady? No. Cher? She has a real name, but I can't remember what it is. Huh. Uh, country singer Reba McIntyre, I love her, turned mm-hmm. 68, and Celine Dion is 55. All right. Happy birthday to all those children. Are you ready? Are you sitting down for the greatest bass lines, in our opinion, of all time? Let's get to our opening montage. In that opening montage, White Rabbit from Jefferson Airplane, Little Green Bag from George Baker's selection, Give Me Some Lovin' Spencer Davis Group. Oh, that's a great one. Hush by Deep Purple. Uh, who did Billy Joe Royal? Didn't he do a yeah. version, version yeah. of it? Not nearly, I don't think, nearly as good as Deep Purple's. Silly Love Songs from McCartney and Wings, Sweet Emotion, Aerosmith, Blue Bayou from Linda Ronstadt, Walk on the Wild Side. Still love that song. Lou Reed. Thank you for letting me be myself again. Mice elf. Elf, yes. Mice elf. <laughs> the, the mice elf. <laughs> and <laughs> slide a family stone there. My generation from the Who. And jumping to the fire, Harry Nielsen. I was out walking yesterday listening to Nielsen Schmielsen. That was a great album. It was an awesome, very short album. Yeah. It was. I don't know. I guess he just ran out of material. <laughs> well, you know, and with Jump Into the Fire, of course, uh, a very popular song with uh, bump music on mm-hmm. talk radio. Of course, that came off of Nielsen Schmielsen, Harry's 1971 commercial breakthrough. And there were really some great, great songs on that album early in the morning to the much covered song, which I'm not sure we mentioned this last time without you i think everybody's done a version of that uh put the lime in the coconut oh, the coconut song and drink uh, it all up and easily the anthem theme for this podcast jump into the fire that opening bass line mm-hmm. that would yeah. be right after the heartbeat right and boy 
What a song that was. I thought of a couple of them. Just, oh, there's Blue Cats coming back. Hey, puss. Coming by the window, uh, checking us out, make sure we're okay. And that we have plenty of friskies (laughs) in store. Uh, I thought of a couple of what we're on here. Uh, Memphis Soul Stew. Remember that song? Memphis Soul Stew. Today's special is Memphis Soul Stew. We sell so much of this, people wonder what we put in it. We're going to tell you right now. Give me about a half a teacup of bass. Now I need a pound of fat back drums. It's a great. And the last time I went to Memphis, Mm -hmm. I actually went into a little restaurant and I actually had some Memphis soul stew. I'd never, I'd played the record, but I'd never eaten the stew. And it was well, it was probably tastier than the record was. It was. It was a little dry, the record. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rescue Me, Fondella Bats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ricky's All Star Joint by Ricky Lee Jones. Ricky Lee Jones. Okay. Man, that starts out with a bum, 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 bum. Oh, it's just terrific. I forgot about that. Fever by Peggy Lee uh-huh. starts out with nothing but a bass and a clicking of fingers. Ah. I also discovered in, in researching this that mm-hmm. there are several of, of these songs that are just a bass, a drum, a stand-up bass, drum, and a singer, but it always is accompanied by hmm. snapping of the fingers. And you'll find this out with uh, some songs that I, I will play after yeah, a while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you, too, James Jamerson, you know who he was? Yeah. yeah. He was the uh, laid down the big uh, bass lines for almost all of the Motown records. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think was probably the best bass line Motown. of a Motown song? Um, Papa, Papa was a Rolling Stone? That's exactly what I was okay. going to say. Yeah. yeah and that is awesome. And, of course, the Zombies. You've already mentioned them. Mm-hmm. The Zombies mm-hmm. always had a good bass line. They really did. Yep. So, yeah, yep. those are just a couple that I put down. And uh, that I particularly remember from my childhood, and I was a childhood, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Boogie Nights by Heat Wave, and you've mentioned uh, Blue Bayou by Linda Ronstadt. That started out with a great bass. Oh, it did. As well as Roundabout. And um, I had forgotten about uh, Black Dog, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and you know, some of those bass notes, uh, th- this podcast turned into a lot more work than I thought it was. Well, here's what I had I had trouble identifying. Sometimes the difference between bass and a gu- low guitar that's, opening. You know? that That's true. So yeah. you're, you're going to have to... And sometimes it was hidden, not necessarily in yeah. the intro, yeah. but hidden deeper into the song that that came to to uh, to play with some of the uh, Doobie Brothers songs. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? That was a good one. By the way, I was mentioning James Jamerson. Uh, mm-hmm. When they had that big uh, anniversary celebration where Michael Jackson did the first moonwalk yeah, yeah. the first time, they invited all the Motown people back, and right. it was done in Hollywood. But they didn't invite James Jamerson. James Jamerson stayed behind. He didn't move to the West Coast, and they didn't invite him to it. And somebody found out about it and got him some tickets and flew him out, and he sat in the back of the auditorium. Oh, my word. Isn't that awful? The Funk Brothers, yeah. Huh. Such is the music business as we know it. Mm-hmm. CCR down on the corner. How about that? Great, great song. And you know, McCartney, oh man, he lays down such great bass. <laughs> he does. He really does. Coming up and Good Night Tonight, especially. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh man, uh-huh. that's great. Uh, Lovely Day, Bill Withers. A song oh. that, by the way, I never played on the radio. I don't know why. And I only started hearing it a couple of years ago, and I would go, What is that song? Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful song. Yep. Why did it take me so long to get around to that? I don't know. Uh, Queens, uh, another one bites the 
dust. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom. Yeah, absolutely. Commodore's Brick House. Wow. Oh, yes, and Steeler's Wheel, Stuck in the Middle with You. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Great song. One of the newer songs mm-hmm. with incredible bass line comes from Amazon Prime's 10-part series, Daisy Jones and the Six. We've been watching that, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, the album show. is called Aurora, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is awesome. Uh, I think it even made it to most downloads or something like that uh, the week it came out. The title track, Aurora, is fantastic, awesome bass line, and that's followed by the second cut on the album called uh, Let Me Down Easy. And Riley Keough, Elvis's granddaughter, and of course she's Daisy Jones and Sam Claflin. And I didn't know that plays for Billy Dunn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. And everybody is talking about it or they see it and they go, what the heck? And then they watch the show. Maybe they've read the book. Mm-hmm. I've done both. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they're just blown away by it. Now we're talking about uh, Motown and James Emerson. Mm-hmm. Can't Hurry Love. That starts out with his one of his licks. It's I don't joke. think I was aware of that. Yeah. Huh. Either that or somebody's playing a regular guitar. Sometimes I, I question myself on this. Well, I go, I, I I'm not exactly that. sure that that's a bass. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Cool on the gang. Ladies' Night mm-hmm. uh, dropped from their 11th album in 79. And yes, it was uh, quite popular on the uh, the newly introduced K92 in January of 80. But that's got an awesome bass line. It does. Here's one we may have forgotten about on the list. Uh, it just hit me yesterday. Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Had one a fine handful morning. of pop hits one in the 70s, morning, yes. but it was one fine morning. But that, that, it didn't start with the bass. It started with just true. a regular guitar. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, song. it's got some great bass notes. And uh, did you know that uh, Billy Jean was not his child? <laughs> Michael Jackson came as a shock to me. (laughs) David Bowie and Queen under pressure. Both of them did it. Uh Oh, well, no, they did it together. Come to think of it. Uh, Low Rider with War Mm -hmm. started out basically with drums, Mm -hmm. but it got Mm -hmm. in, got a pretty good. Bass riff going. Uh, the Joker, Steve Miller Band, already mentioned that. Sugarloaf, Green Eyed Lady. So. Yeah, yeah. Some of the newer stuff also include uh, Paul Young, Every Time You Go Away. Oh, that uh, Peter good. Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Mm. Thompson Twins, Hold Me Now. Yeah. Borderline from Madonna. That's one I had to dig deep into the song to, to finally hear it, uh, as was uh, uh, Cindy Lauper's uh, Time After Time. And I know what a chore it is for you to dig deep into a song because <laughs> well, a lot of you don't know this. Mr. Doubt he admitted on, on this podcast. Here it comes. He seldom ever listened to more than the first ten seconds of any record. <laughs> that's that's true. I could tell you how it begins. I could tell you how Not it ends. <laughs> What's in the middle? Oh, because the rest of the time you had the monitor turned down and you're working the exactly. phones. Yeah. You know? You're working exactly. the phones, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the nature of uh, the nature of uh, the business. Yeah, right the, now. the 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 beast of it for sure. Yeah. There was another song. Uh, you know, we we mentioned jumping to the fire a minute ago and how it could easily be the anthem to this whole theme of the podcast the chain from fleetwood mac oh yes that is just yeah fantastic turn to stone elo oh yeah great great song pink floyd's money i was never a huge pink floyd fan but i saw where dark side of the moon the album just turned 50 oh my just turned 50. Wow. Uh, Good Times from Chic. Great song. September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I guess that was Verdine White on uh, on bass guitar. Verdine. Verdine, yeah. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Sometimes that, that bass was kind of hidden there. But yeah. uh, Benny King, Stand By Me. Right. 
great baseline there. Let's not leave out. Uh, otherwise, uh, we're going to be called on the carpet by Sammy Oki. Come together, right Beatles. No, over me. I want you back from Jackson 5. That's still a fun song mm-hmm. to hear. It is. All these years later. Uh, Sweet Child of Mine from Guns N' Roses and Jumpin' Jack Flash from uh, the Rolling Stones. Mm. Some good, good stuff. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to Memphis Soul Stew. Can't remember who did it. I shouldn't have mentioned it. If I, And I played the song on the radio. Mm-hmm. It was in the 66 or 67, I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, you know, one of those groups. Memphis Soul Stew. Song by uh, saxophonist and uh, band leader King Curtis. King Curtis. Yep. That's it. King That's Curtis. It. And it cooks, I'm telling you. Oh, it does. It, it oh, really and it cooks. was on stacks. So. It was on stacks, yeah. so you knew it had to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's so Memphis true. Soul Stew. Does this mean it is time for Seconds Guessing? If you want it to be, and I know how much you always want it to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess you wonder uh, what marvelous prize I've come up with from the podcast uh, closet. And oh, so, yes. Uh, here we yeah. go. Uh, from the podcast prize closet, it's an authentic Mr. Microphone, complete with this cheesy echo effect. <laughs> now you can quickly wake up a little lady for breakfast. You can call the cats to the food bowl from another room. And you can tell your neighbors what you think about them without leaving your yard. Batteries not included. <laughs> so there you go. Did I sound bad or what? I'm telling you, I've been to death's dark door for two weeks now with this sinus thing. So I recorded that last week, and I said, you know, that's so terrible. Well, I think I'm just going to leave it. So <laughs> it, was the, it was the Mr. Microphone that <laughs> sound that made it so bad, I well, think. You know, if I'd have had one of those as a child, I'd have worn that sucker out. Oh, wouldn't we all? <laughs> I would have. Okay, so a little seconds guessing. And all of the these have what I perceive to be mm-hmm. really good bass lines. And I tried okay. to really get songs that I felt you could identify the bass lines. So here we go. Okay. I never Man, knew about I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. Let me stop that and tell you. I was coming in the other morning uh-huh. to the office okay. here, to okay. the studio. Yeah. And this came up on the 60 channel on Sirius XM, and I went, wow, now there's a bass line. And I that played is, this song hundreds yeah, of times, yeah. and I never realized. I mean, isn't that great? Who do you think that is? Um, I think it's so groovy now. I do, too. I think it's so groovy now. Um, reach, reach out in the darkness. That's the name of it, and it's by friend friends, and lover. I, I was gonna say friends of distinction. That that wasn't right. <laughs> no. uh, give me some love. Oh, Spencer yeah. Davis. One of the most exciting openings yeah. to a song ever. Yeah, I let it roll a little bit because we just had to get us some Spencer Davis. Oregon. Oh yeah. Everybody get ready to yell, hey, <laughs> do it right now. Here? Hey! <laughs> I I love that. Okay, here's another one that, okay. uh, yeah, you had to get into it to hear it. But it was, uh... There's a bass oh, coming in right there. Uh, talk, talk. Music machine? Man, I can't believe you pull. I couldn't even remember it. Well, I heard it. I mean, I remember the song, but I couldn't remember the music. Listen to this bass. Elvis had really great stuff going. Listen to that. It just knocked you out. Uh, Ah, yeah, that's Elvis. 
it was called Good Luck, Good Charm? Luck Charm. Yeah, okay. you got okay. it. You okay. got okay. it. Now here's one. These guys always had a stand-up bass. Mud in your eye, baby. Do I feel high on me? Almost sounds like Elvis. No, it's not. Uh, no. Do I? I have no idea what the name of the song is. Uh, Scotch King, and Soda King's by the Kingston Trio, trio? and okay. they did, always had a big stand-up bass. Okay. And it was a real okay. heavy bass line on all their songs. Um, King of the Road, Roger Miller. You got it. Trailer for sale or rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. Ain't got no cigarettes. <laughs> that was a great song. It really was. Okay, here we go. Okay. You're going to try to trip me up on this one. Scarborough Affair. Yeah. Fifth Dimension? I think it was probably... Uh, I can't remember who I, did it, and I, I, I didn't write it down. I know it was I think it was Brazil 66. Uh, you, you could be right. I think it was Brazil 66. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Kind of sounds like that beat that they had to all yeah, their songs. Yeah, yeah. And I, I totally forgot to put down <laughs> the t- who did it, but I'm pretty certain that's it. So anyway, uh, here comes another one, right? Okay, just like uh, the other one. Right, 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 here we go. Now this one I got to talk about too. Great baseline. Um. <laughs> I have no idea. No, sweet, sweet, sweet. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that's Marty Robbins. You got that part right. You got that part but right. I couldn't, I could not tell you the name of that thing for any. Don't worry about me. And you know why that's particularly interesting to this show, to this particular subject? Why? Because that was the accidental invention of the fuzz box. Oh, because a couple of okay. wires, a couple of wires got crossed, and it produced that fuzzy noise. And that was an addition to the bass that was in it. Wow! That was not a bass oh. guitar. That was just a regular guitar. Uh huh. Shortened out. You know how it is. But anyway, that's why that song is pretty significant. So anyway, Neat. here we go. Sunlights at the daytime. <laughs> Moonlights up. That's a fever. Peggy Lee. Yeah, absolutely. And there again, a stand-up bass, a drum, and clicking of the fingers. <laughs> Forgot about this, too. Boxer, Simon and Garfunkel. And that was done with either a bass uh, harmonica or a possibly saxophone. They, they got a good sound out of that. They really did. Yeah, they really yeah. did. Okay. Mentioned this earlier. Uh, yeah, Can't Hurry Love. Supreme. James Jamerson yeah. and the Supreme. I should have gone back to see if Phil Collins used the same bass at the beginning of his version. No, I don't, I don't believe so. I don't think no, he not, did not that I for recall. some reason. One more. Okay. And you'll get a big kick out of this because it's already been. <laughs> we've done it once before, but I accidentally added it at oh, the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I must, have, I must have had Roger Miller on my Is this still Roger Miller? King of the Rock. I had to look it up. Trailers for sale. And I put it, I put it on the track. 
And I was going through to see what my, I went, well, you dummy, you've already done this once. <laughs> now you know what I go through when I'm putting totally the montage con- together. Totally out of control. <laughs> this is totally out of control. <laughs> anyway, you did, you did pretty good on that. Well, they, and yeah, they, I did throw a couple at you that yeah. uh, sort of out of the ordinary. But some great ones. I apologize Some for great that. ones so. indeed. We have Radio Tales? This is a radio story, and it's not my radio story. Oh? But it's a radio story I heard the other day on Sirius XM's 60s channel. Oh. Compliments of them. Uh-huh. Uh, they have been for some time, I've told you about this, inviting various recording artists from the 50s and 60s yeah, to come yeah. and sit in for an hour and play, okay. their, play their favorite songs. Okay. And not necessarily their songs, but their favorite songs, okay? Just like our Fair favorite enough. Song. Neil Sedaka talks about what it was like working in the Burl Building mm. with Carol King and all the songwriters. Pat Boone has an interesting stories on the 50s channel yeah, because yeah. he had a TV show and he literally knew everybody in well, the music yeah, business. Yeah. And he tells great stories. He tells better stories than he has records. <laughs> so recently, the 60s channel had uh, Mickey Dolenz of uh-huh. the Monkees yeah. to host and he told the story. I caught the just at the end This of is this. probably a story he didn't tell me when I interviewed him that time. Well, you think he was holding out on you? Well, he could have, yeah. He said right after the Monkees broke big on TV, they started recording one song after another and of course they eventually became big hits. Mm-hmm. And eventually this fake band, and it was a fake band. I mean, right, it wasn't right. a real band. Yeah. It was a show. Had to become a real band, and they learned to play their uh, instruments so they could perform in concerts around the country. So he said their opening act, if you can believe this, was an unknown guitarist by the name of Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> can you what a mix. <laughs> so Mickey says, Jimmy would come out with his blazing guitar licks and lots of noise trying to put on a good show. And all the while, he says, our teeny bopper audience kept yelling, bring out the monkeys. We want Davy Jones. <laughs> he said it had to be very disheartening for poor Jimmy, but he would survive the humiliation and become a big star himself, as we all know. But I thought that was a funny story. I have a couple of deaths to report. I always hate that. Yeah. This one was some time ago, and I forgot to, to do it on the last podcast, oh. but he's still dead. <laughs> Jim Gordon, the prolific session drummer who played with some of the rock's biggest stars, uh-huh. has died before being sentenced to, to prison for killing his mother. I'll talk about that in a few. Mm-hmm. What? Anyway, Gordon recorded with acts including the Beach Boys, yeah. several Beatles, and Eric Clapton, whose classic Layla he's credited with co-writing. I didn't know Ooh. that. Los Angeles native Gordon was a member of the so-called wrecking crew of studio musicians uh-huh. who shaped the sound of countless pop hits in the uh, 60s. Among the records he appeared on with his drum was Glenn Campbell's Gentle on My Mind. I didn't even know there was a drum in that song. Mason Williams' classical gas, Beach Boys' influential Pet Sounds, the LP. He played on the whole LP. What? Where are that? And in the 70s, he played on Carly Simon's You're So Vain, Albert Hammond's It Never Rains in Southern California, and Ricky Don't Lose That Number by Steely Dan. Uh, the reason he went to prison, and by the way, he died in a prison hospital Ooh. recently, is because he killed his mother with a hammer. And then he finished her off for good with a butcher knife. <laughs> that's awful. I just, I know it's I terrible. I think that same show was on LMN the other night. <laughs> well, it, it turns out he suffered a, a lifetime of uh, schizophrenia. Oh, wow. You know, a very sad story. Very talented Absolutely, man yeah. to have that happen. Yeah. 
And Wayne Shorter, jazz saxophone pioneer, has died at the age of 89. The reason I mention him here, he was a jazz musician, but mm-hmm. he also was um, talked into uh, including himself and uh, some of the uh, rock genres, too, as well. Oh. So uh, he, they actually managed to get him in. Herbie Hancock and oh. all, all sorts of people used him all the time. So, yeah, he also uh, p- performed with Steely Dan mm-hmm. and Carlos Santana and Joni Mitchell. So he did. Whoa. He didn't just do jazz, but he's, you know, those jazz musicians uh, didn't much like rock music, but these guys were well above the pale. So he, You know, one of my favorite interviews were. was Herbie Hancock. Oh, yeah. This was when he came out with the Duets album, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah. And he was just a delight to talk to. And yeah, all, all of his music history, unbelievable. Okay, a couple more that I wanted to feature here. Back in the 60s when I was growing up, I was just a little Larry. Yeah. We heard music on transistor radios mostly, but yeah. seldom of anything of much quality because by the 60s they had dumbed down radios so they didn't sound so good. Our folks not being big on hearing the entire sound spectrum couldn't have cared less. Yeah. So we seldom heard the total tonal experience of a record. Mm-hmm. But one day, little Larry went into my granddad's bedroom to get something, uh, probably to take his watch or something. And he had uh, this enormous RCA Cathedral radio in there, probably dated to the 40s. It was a big one, a great big speaker. I mean, this was like a 12-inch speaker, what today would be a woofer. It had that enormous speaker and actually had some controls in front of it to boost or diminish the bass and treble called... Okay. So I turned it on and put it on a top 40 radio station, and this song blew my socks. I had never heard bass line before. Ruby the Romantics, and our day will come. Listen to that bass. It just knocked my socks off. Yeah, I went, I, I didn't know all that bass was <laughs> on that song. I, I'd never heard bass before. Uh, so anyway. And I so. still find that to this day, certain songs, you know, you heard all the time. And you'll be listening to it today. It's like, I didn't know that was there. Of course, there again, a lot of these songs have been remastered. Oh, well, yeah. And so they boosted the bass. Exactly. Or they boosted the treble. Exactly. So anyway, sometime later, our Sunday school was having a picnic. We had a big annual picnic. Yeah, yeah. All the families go out to some big park up behind Woodstock and had a pool, picnic tables, and a big indoor dance area, a huge mm-hmm. hall mm-hmm. with a big old Wurlitzer jukebox. <laughs> so little Larry goes up and threw a coin in it, and I punched up this song. And again, the bass just knocked me out. That would be Lloyd Price's personality. It almost gets lost in the horn, so. It does, yeah. Well, needless to say, uh, along wow. about 1966, I took my graduation money, uh-huh. and I bought my first receiver and <laughs> decent speakers, and have never listened to music the same ever since, with a bass rattling the house every single day. <laughs> really. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention. By the was, way, that was pre-beats. <laughs> yeah, it was pre-all that stuff. Absolutely, pre-all that stuff. Yeah. And today, everybody takes it for granted, because the, the, the cheapest things in, just stick in your ear today sound. Yeah. 
around 40 times better than the stuff we grew up well, with. Well, that's true. Those um, single transistor radio earpieces, yeah. they were made out of the hard plastic. Boy, that could hurt after a while. It could. Your ear. could. I wanted to mention one other thing. We are talking about how um, one of the bass lines was done with uh, either a harmonica or a one of those big mm-hmm. saxophones. I wanted to talk just briefly about the doors. Break on through to the other side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, the first cut on their first album. And I thought it was hot, and I played the heck out of it on the radio. But in fact, it barely broke into the top 100 because there were so many other great songs on there that did much better. Yeah, you know. that happens. So when they started recording for Elektra, they didn't have any bass player at all. Almost all their early stuff had no bass player. Huh. But it has a bass line, and you know why? Why? Because Ray Manzarek played the bass line with his left hand on one of the several keyboards that were always in front of him. In the case of Break On Through, he said they borrowed the bass notes from Ray Charles what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. It had to do with, uh, you know, how, how you can attain bass in different ways. Yeah. Stand-up basses, uh, electric basses, organ basses. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. Great episode, I think, of uh, the fantastic bass lines out there. But I know we forgot a few, so I hope you will uh, add to them. And thank you so much for listening to episode 61 of Two Larrys and a Mic. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll subscribe to the show. You can find Two Larrys and a Mic wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to share this podcast with someone by clicking on the share button. (laughs) Join us next time for Two Larrys and a Mic. I'm Larry Dowdy. Larry Bly here. And uh, oh, Ruby and Romantics and the Frogs. Whoa, together. Well, yes, indeed. This could uh, be yes, big yes. trouble for Mike. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>